and I should ask you, have you seen Black Adam? I have. Oh, Black Adam, bam, blam. Say, oh, Black Adam, bam, blam. Black Adam had a child. Bam, blam, did that thing go wild. Bam, blam. Well, hello again, Mr. Jones. Hello again, Mr. Smalley. By the way, I haven't had a chance to uh, congratulate you uh, on our awesome opening and like oh. music and animation. Um, the way you Thank did you. that CG version of me, like running across and going, ah, was pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I was like, you have I a lot of spare time. <laughs> all night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I start getting into that stuff. I can't stop. I, I know. I know. Uh, that whole bit where uh, you decided to have my voice replaced by uh, Chris uh, Pratt. That That's, uh, you know, that was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but I rolled with it. I tried to get him to do an, an Italian accent. He, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> he said, why? Like, just, just, it's on, a me, a Mario. <laughs> Is that good? I, hey, I even... it's a me, a Mario. Where am I? I don't know what's yeah, going yeah, on. A, let's go. I, well, the whole <laughs> I I do understand. Like we talk about fandom a lot. That's what we we tend to talk about. And yeah. um, I'm not like I didn't have a Nintendo when I was a kid. I have not had a game system. If I played Mario, it was at friends' houses. So I don't have such a deep and abiding love. However, I do respect. The fact that the guy who's voiced Mario has done it for so long, and now that it's like this movie, they're like, well, why don't you just have that guy? And I do understand fans getting upset. I am outside of that fandom, so I can go, oh, the movie might be good, but I get it. I understand. Just like when they did the Transformers movie, how important it was to people who actually love Transformers, which I'm not one. I remember like, oh, the toys are pretty cool. I don't really like the you know, cartoon of big truck robot talking to a little car robot is not my thing but people that were happy so happy that they got whatever his name is the guy who actually was the original optimus prime in those michael bay movies is doing optimus prime that little bit made a lot of people happy so it is a thing where yeah you can get a celebrity but there's a core fandom that might be happiest if you just left well enough alone yeah yeah, I know we've had we've had some issues like that with Star Wars too, from going from the animated series to live action. You know, sure, yeah. Because we got um, shit. What is her name? Who plays what's Ahsoka? <laughs> well, there's Ahsoka, who's obviously different, uh, but also uh, God damn it, the the Mandalorian. Uh, 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 I know who shit. you're talking about because it's the same but, actress. Yeah, she was Starbuck on uh, Battlestar Galactica. That's right. That's right. Why am I blanking? I like her yeah. a lot. She's always been awesome. And was it cool that she inhabited her own animated character? Yes. Um, that was great. That That's was clearly a rarity, I think. I think so. I think, obviously. Well, for one thing, if you're going from animation to live action, um, mm. and, and the case of Mario, that's not the case. In the case mm. of Mario, that's not the case. Um, is, is uh, you know, no one expects them to look like the characters. I, uh, because I do a radio, live radio show, I, of course, 1940 style, I dig into that history of radio stuff. And I love a lot of the voice actors who did like the shadow back in the day. If you're a fan of that character, and then you look at those, uh, like press photos of those guys and you're like, good thing you're putting that cape up like this, buddy. 
because <laughs> you don't look anything like the shadow. Orson Welles was one of the shadows, <laughs> one of the great shadow voices. And oh, Orson wow. Welles did not look like Lamont Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to keep making this face. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Anyway, so uh, look at that. You you threw a topic right in my face, and it wasn't even one of the ones on our list. We have a I list of topics. Look how professional we are, too. Chad's yeah. sending a list of topics. Uh, he's sending me uh, articles to read. I, this is the most homework I've done since, I think... <laughs> The early nineties. Well, I'm always saying like, don't feel pressured to do it, but then you do I, it anyway. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> it's only because what we're talking about is the stuff that interests me. So of course, yeah, I'm right. Really going. And uh, and there's been big news in the super world. Crazy big news! My God, I was because I was editing. I just put out just for, for those of you keeping up at home. I just put out <laughs> episode number three, which was recorded like literally two or three weeks ago. Yeah, long was before so we had thinner. any inkling. There was so much more dark in my beard. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> um, but in that episode we're talking about, we're trying to guess what might happen with the DCEU going forward. Like, are mm-hmm. they going to tear it all down? Are they going to rebuild? How could they possibly build? And we, you even mentioned, you know, James Gunn doesn't want to do Superman. Of course, we had a tweet. He still may not do that. But people are talking about that again, obviously. Well, he'll but, be involved. Uh, we, had, we had no idea this was coming. W- yeah. Now, the, yeah. the thing is... Um, uh, and I should ask you, have you seen Black Adam? I have. Oh, Black Adam, bam, blam. Say, oh, Black Adam, bam, blam. Black Adam had a child. Bam, blam, did that thing go wild. Bam, blam. Um, I was so, I will say, I was waiting for that needle drop. Because if there's one thing about that movie, I was like going, they are loving a needle drop. And at some point, I'm like, are they going to do something like Black Betty? <laughs> oh, oh that would have been cool. Well, I mean, no. Uh, what was your take on it? I'll ask you first. What was your take? I, I'm kind of in agreement with like this. These this was the this seemed to be the uh, the general consensus before I went in. It was like, oh, I really enjoyed it, uh, or either it was like it's 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 terrible, but I loved it, <laughs> or it's not that great, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun. Like it's it's the I'm the, kinda, this I, and that kind of kind of thing. Yeah, if that's where you're landing, it's kind of where I'm landing. I I said, uh, because John and I, my friend, uh, we podcast together. We went to go see it together. He liked it more than I did. He is Mm -hmm. always the more forgiving. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he has an enthusiasm, and enthusiasm is usually going to trump the nitpicks like I have. But I still sat there, and I enjoyed it. And I said, this is one of the upper-tier DCEU movies but that is still below almost any Marvel movie. I did enjoy it. And at the end of it, I was like going, why can't these be smarter? It really is. It boils down to like budget. I'm not even going to jump on that. Like I just like when I saw Shazam and I was like, this could have been really good, but there's dumb writing in it. And the, uh, the monsters, the se- the seven deadly sins of man that he fights in that movie. Yes. Um, they all are just like big CG uh, yeah. video game bosses. And yeah. then we get to this movie and it has Sabak. And if you had told me a million years ago, there was going to be a big budget black Adam movie <laughs> and the villain would be Sabak. These characters, I mean, they go back to the forties and almost no one cares about them. Uh, except for us nerds. Jeff Johns did a lot with Black Adam when he did JSA um, years ago, and that's why Black Adam is so high in the echelon 
of uh and the casting's great you know come on dwayne johnson but so so that was mind-blowing but when they get to sabak i'm like uh oh geez he does he looks like a video game boss again so anyway i was gonna yeah. say i'm not really that didn't upset me because it's like okay they don't have that crazy disney money that marvel has but uh writing i mean i know it costs but you you can you can find probably for the same amount you spent smarter writers yes there were so many cheesy bits i was like no this is awful and repetitive uh dialogue and dumb jokes and and you're they're trying to push these new characters all of whom i know and like from the comics and i'm like yeah "Mm." even even that there was a couple of jokes i thought that were actually could have been funny had they had it actually been executed well there was a little bit of a garden guardians of the galaxy type humor they were trying humor they were trying to throw in there like when he was trying to time his his catchphrases at the right time before yes. he kills people. Yes. That would have been great if it was somebody like Drax, who, who, who by the way, I think he's trying to emulate uh, Dave Bautista. Right. In his someone, performance. Someone, he does not, he is not Dave Bautista. I'm sorry. He's not, he, he can't do it. He's, he's just a, the, the entirety of the sub. Well, one of the, yeah, yeah. To Dwayne Johnson's acting skills, which are very minimal. He's trying to play this character as a stoic guy who's emotionally damaged, but it just amounts to him floating around and staring at things it's basically all he does there's no physicality and it's, it's 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 very true i actually i have a higher opinion of his acting skills but i think one of the things that's key to him as a presence is he's great at charming roles like in other words he is enormous obviously and so but the whole thing to his uh his persona that works when he's given it uh he can be quite funny and charming mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing as far as him being the glowering badass, even when he was a wrestler, uh, which was very showy when he's like, I'm going to destroy him. Uh, it's always with this wink. So here he is, as you say, he's trying to play a character who is so serious and a man out of time. So that's the whole thing. Like Drax is not human and, and he is completely literal minded. And that's a great thing with the characters around him. And James Gunn knows how to use that. And it's great. But uh, here, Dwayne Johnson's like, okay, well um, you understand what's going on. You ancient Egyptian guy. Um, You just got no time for humor or sarcasm. And you're like, yes, that's exactly right. (laughs) Or doors. So you're just, as you say, a glowering big old chunk. Um, and he's a big old chunk, but, (laughs) but parts of it kind of worked, uh, and Pierce Brosnan, what I, what I ended up thinking is I would take the exact same cast because even the, the new young actors are trying to shove down our throats. I'm like going, you guys deserve better because I can tell you're both good, but they're not giving you good stuff. And Mm -hmm. I liked the, uh, Andrea character, uh, who I know from the comics is actually Isis. Uh, right. So I'm like, oh, I would love to see that. But anyway, so they all deserve better. I, I would say Hawkman was a miscast. He's the one guy I thought was really miscast. And it has nothing to do with um, with ethnicity. It just had to do with the way he's doing that character. It's almost like they encouraged him. It's like, you have to be the one that is the badass to stand up to him. So he's basically going around like going, let's go yeah it's like he's don't mess with me and i'm like um yeah. 
I mean, Hawkman was always kind of the, one of the badasses of the Justice League, but I'm just sitting there going, all the weight in those great scenes between Dr. Fate and Hawkman lands on Pierce Brosnan because he's so good. Mm-hmm. And you want to feel that connection because they've known each other through various lifetimes. They are re- both reincarnated dudes. So every time it's like, um, um, I would, I'm, you know, I hate to say goodbye to you, my friend, and you know, we're old pals. I'm like going, buy it from you, Pierce. Not buying it from this guy who, no offense to him, I just don't think he was... Yeah. Plus, I hated the wings on his helmet. That had, <laughs> that's how nitpicky I'm like, those wings were too freaking big. No, no I, I comics thought, artist has ever drawn them that fucking big. I know. I found myself thinking that during the movie. I was like, the costume looks cool, but that helmet is a bit much. It's a bit <laughs> it just, much. Yeah, it was like, it was. It kept, kept distracting me. And I'm not even that, I don't know that much about Hawkman, you know. The, I, these I was are thinking, the things that, I had to go back and, oh, so oh, I, had, you, I had to go back and read about it afterwards because I thought, I thought he was from Thanagar. <laughs> They didn't. They never mentioned that. I was like, "Oh, there's two different versions of." Okay. Well, yeah, there's two different versions, and the current version is sort of um, it. Jeff Johns, who I mentioned before, for those who aren't who aren't aware at home, was one of the big writers at uh, DC for for quite a while. Then he was so successful they bumped him up to sort of like creative director of DC for a long time, and then because he had started with Richard Donner, like as like um assistant or whatever and he knew the film industry they bounced him over to dc movies to the that the warner brothers stuff as the creative controller of the dc films those films did not do so well this is all the Zack snyder stuff um and or not as well as they wanted to so jeff johns lost that gig i think he's really just back to writing comics that may be not entirely true. He's brilliant. One of the things that made his name was he's a huge continuity buff, knows all that stuff and is able to, uh, doesn't matter how complicated a character because Hawkman's very complicated. He was able to combine stuff, work out time disparages, uh, uh, and continuity errors, and then make it all work. Somehow he brought back Barry Allen, because uh, Barry Allen, the Flash, died in Crisis on Infinite Earths back in 1985. Mm-hmm. He brought him back in a very well-done way. He also redeemed Hal Jordan, classic Green Lantern, uh, because in the 90s they decided that Hal was going to lose his mind and become a bad guy uh, to make way for the God. new Green Lantern. Well, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they were, a- But he was able to come up with a brilliant solution on how to explain the villain period and resurrect that character in a good way and keep Kyle Rayner, the newer green lantern. So in mm-hmm. other words, he's a problem fixer and Hawkman was so complicated because you had the golden age dude who was an reincarnated Egyptian Pharaoh and uh, was an archeologist in the modern day as in the 1940s. Uh, and then you had Katar Hall, which was just the reboot, who was an alien dude from Thanagar, alien police officer. <laughs> I love, I love Silver Age comics or bat shit. Uh, I am, I've got hawk wings and a hawk helmet, but I'm a cop from another planet. Have you seen my <laughs> spaceship? It, it looks like a big yellow arrow. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Here's my wife. She also has wings. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Tell me more. <laughs> By the way, that should be a, a that should be a T-shirt for our podcast. Here's my wife. She also has wings. Um, <laughs> so that's the. Uh, I mean, and so the version they have now is what Jeff Johns did, which was a sort of cumulative blending of all those complicated histories, and it all works in the comics. And here, I wasn't expecting any of that. I didn't expect they were going to bring up. I mean, I wanted to see or have them mention Shaira, who's his wife. You know, like Hawk Woman's a big part. I'm like, where is she? <laughs> I stand. I John was there. I pounded my little fists. <laughs> where is she? And then uh, the people at the 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 nice Regal Cinema people asked me to leave. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, we tried to tell you there's no hawk woman in this film. I'm not would you, happy. Would you please leave? <laughs> would you please leave? Anyway, so all that aside, I liked I generally liked what they tried to do, but all those people, like I said, deserve better writing. Yeah. And and the whole point of it is eh, it's okay. And then yeah. we get to the um we get to the the mid credits button, which had already been spoiled. <laughs> I mean, yeah. weeks ago, people were going, yeah. Cavill's going to be Superman. And the, 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 I was like, what? Yeah. And there he was. Um, so in other words, there was no surprise for me. And also, did I think it was well scripted? No, because I'm sitting there just like with the movie. Please explain why Amanda Waller is being all like, you can't leave. Condoc, uh, uh, we're going to keep our eye on you. Don't mess with me. I'm Amanda Waller. That's very Amanda Waller. But I'm like, what did he do that the U.S. government's like, don't leave your country? Uh, he he put down a, an evil creature and saved everybody. Other than the fact that he was released from her prison, is there any reason why the U.S. government would be like, you are not allowed to leave Kandak? Yeah. And he's like, you got nobody powerful enough to stop me. She goes, oh, I know one or two people. Boom. Mm-hmm. Henry Cavill with a spit curl. Spit curl and the John Williams score, which John was John Williams uh, score, brighter well, colors. Well, a few notes of it, yeah, brighter colors. Uh, that yeah. I was like, oh, they're listening to some of us. But again, John can attest to this. I did not actually pound my little fist, going, "Where is she?" But when he shows up and he's just like, he comes down, he floats down, and he's in shadow, walking forward. I was muttering, like, going, "Red shorts, red shorts. Where are the red shorts? Are the red shorts? Are the red shorts there?" <laughs> I actually did that, and I am embarrassed. And John was like, "God damn it!" Um, but <laughs> was there? I don't remember. No, did well, they don't, they don't show. They don't show. Don't show down. Because oh, as you walk okay. forward, the camera moves up, so you never see from below the waist. He might not even been wearing pants, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> He's we like going, "Black Adam, we need to talk about this." <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my pants? Um, <laughs> yeah (laughs) but anyway so it was cool to see him of course that guy looks great as superman and now he is um he's telling people now that the secret's out that he's been signed to other superman films from warner brothers uh and he's saying it's my chance to finally do a hopeful and um he said joyous he said a joyous superman so he is basically getting out in front of it and saying, guys, it's not going to be the, the Snyder stuff. When I come back as Superman, he's going to be a much brighter, happier guy. Yeah, I have no doubt of that now, especially knowing, uh, well, you know, I'm sure everybody who's watching this already knows James Gunn and Peter Safran 
have been brought in to lead the brand new DC studios, which is a pretty brilliant idea. I think to have two guys, because you've got, you know, very experienced director, writer, yes. And a very experienced producer, yeah. uh, who can, who have already I think they together. realized they. I mean, yeah. they kept looking for another Kevin Feige. Uh, Kevin Feige is is really. I mean, that's just not something you're going to find. That's a rare no. one. Yeah. someone that can handle all that and has that built in fan love. So, I. It is very funny because we last week had talked about that. Also, I was talking with John about this before Black Adam because we saw Black Adam before this news. And we were saying like, man, who knows where it goes from here? Are they even trying to build something or is it we're just going to see the the last things they finished and they're going to scrap everything? Yeah. And and then we're talking about who's going to replace blah, blah, blah. and, you know, we did say it's like, well, it. it Knowing them, they're probably going after James Gunn. But we said, yeah, but Gunn's already said he has no interest. He loves those characters, but he has no interest in guiding the the big characters. He wants the fringe. He wants the the people he can mess with, and no one's going to get too upset. Yeah, yeah. And it then, really of makes course, me they announced he took the job. So I'm like, yeah, it's like, well, okay. They must have backed up that money truck, Chad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beep, beep. If you listen Big now, time. beep, beep. Yeah. You can actually hear the money truck still backing up. That's what there that it is. is. That's okay. what that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it was keeping me up and I was like, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was the money train. <laughs> gun, gun lives over there. No, he's not down. He's over there. So, yeah, the, the big question is now, like, I think you, you already touched on, how are they going to handle the old continuity, the old canon uh, going forward? And I, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, it, it, I, I was, I was, there was somebody on Twitter I was talking to last night, a uh, big Superman fan who hated the Snyder stuff. Uh, and is a big fan of James Gunn. So he's excited. And I said, what do you think they're going to do with the, are they going to reboot everything? And he says, probably the most likely thing they're going to do is just try to clean up the old continuity somehow, but continue with what they have. And I said, that does sound most more likely, but I'm like, I don't know. Well, uh, my preference and, and this is, you know, movies and comics. Like when, uh, the new 52 thing happened and I was like, Oh, I mean, it was a full line wide reboot and I, I just didn't like the takes on most of the characters. Uh, and then they were going to do, all right, sorry, we heard you fans. You didn't like this. And now we're doing rebirth and rebirth was yet another DC wide reboot. I always think if you're going to reboot, it can't be, well, we're going to pretend that, all the stuff that Grant Morrison was doing with Batman is still canon because he, we still have him to contract. He still wants to keep doing it. In other words, they were like, we're going to start over, uh, except for these guys over here. They're going to finish up there and we're going to somehow blend it. And I'm like, no, a reboot really should be day and day one. They should scrap the entire DC universe and start over. Have Superman mm-hmm. have his first adventures. Let Batman just start and Wonder Woman and all that. Instead of like trying to contain some of the stuff where Batman still has 18 Robins and somehow the guy is still 38 <laughs> years old. How are you yeah. 38, Bruce Wayne, and still have 18 Robins? Did they all mm-hmm. get sick once? It's like, <laughs> Dick, you've been a fine Robin. Enjoy puberty and having sex. Hello, Tim Drake. How are you? Oh, sorry. I skipped over Jason Todd. No, he was here for about four hours. He was a Robin for a little bit. And now the Bat family is like literally filling 
entire SUVs full of like, uh, did everyone remember that? Where's Ace? Did anyone get the Bat Hound? So, um, and it's the same with the movies. I would prefer, like you, that they just start over. I'm not mm-hmm. saying get rid of some of the good actors. Definitely keep Cavill. He has he deserves a chance to be in good Superman movies. But let's not try to hang on to this nonsense that Snyder started. And yet, they're not going to do that. Your friend is right. You, The guy you were talking to is right. They're going to do a soft reboot where it's like, we're just course correcting tone and everything that happened did happen. But And they've yeah. also gotten, they backed the same, maybe not the same money truck, but they've backed that up to Ben Affleck's house too. Mm-hmm. Because even with the Discovery people in charge now, they, they did say, no, let's keep Affleck. So if he's going to be the Batman and, and Cavill's the Superman, and it won't be touching on Matt Reeves's world at all, then it's just like this Snyderverse 2.0 with more color and yeah. uh, possibly less um, angst. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I don't I hope I'm really hoping that, that James will push it in a bolder direction than that. But I, I don't know. I mean, it made me think of what, what was recently, what's going on with Dr. Who right now, which is, pretty funny uh i don't know if you're a doctor who fan at all um, um i i watched the first season with jody whittaker um and i i i mean i've i've yeah. watched uh pretty much all doctor who up to that point yeah. um but uh to tell you the truth i loved her the writing wasn't as great it, so yeah, I kinda, that's exactly yeah yeah and she deserved better because jody whittaker is a international treasure i've loved her in every film yeah. and tv show i've ever seen her in she's amazing and i thought she was delightful and i'm like oh if only this was like a you know russell t davies uh season where you had those kinds of scripts or a stephen moffat uh season you deserve better writing yeah they tried they tried yeah and that, so that's what's exactly what's the it. new but what's the new hubbub because she's stepping down right well, she she's gone. Yeah, she had her oh. fi- final. It was the Christmas or the you know the I guess it's not the Christmas special, but the special that just came out. So she's she still, she's regenerated into who? David Tennant is coming back as the Doctor. What for for at least a limited time because they'd already announced the next Doctor, but then then they just kind of threw this at us. Uh, surprise! David Tennant's coming back first, and then this other guy's coming in. Now she so, regenerated as as a previous Doctor. Yes. I don't the, like the scene. That. You can, you, you, the scene actually. I, is, I haven't David watched Tim. the. Yeah, I haven't watched the whole episode, but I just watched the scene at the end where he reappears. It's actually pretty good. Oh, I'm sure. Pretty, I mean, they're not going to. Great. So that's a huge also, thing. They're not going to just crap that out. Not only is David Tennant coming back, but Russell T Davies is coming back as well. Oh, nice. As the showrunner, so they're really trying to do a cleanup, uh, fix it up job now before they move on to the next iteration. And so that made me think. It's like. Are they allowing Henry Cavill to come back just to get people interested for a brief period of time? And then oh. they're going to start another continuity, like kind of like the Batman, you know, which is in a different universe, oh. you know, just to get well, people on board again. To predict. Um, I think that even, uh, I mean, again, I, I think you could literally start over by keeping the actors that want to be there and the ones that were well cast. Um, I think that, that, I doubt the actors that's not, I can't speak for them. Maybe they know all of Snyder's, you know, like his end game. He had already told them his whole apocalypse storyline and all that stuff that he was going to do. And so it's quite possible that you'll have some of those actors going, I wish we had stuck to, uh, uh, 
what Snyder wanted to do. And I'm like, yeah, but I think most of them would be fine with just starting over. I mean, Cavill wants to play Superman, but -hmm. I think Cavill's enough of a fanboy to where he knows that what he was given wasn't really most people's desired Superman. And so he's like, I would, that's why he seems really happy. Not just because again, the money truck, but he's also happy, man, those money trucks have been going out, but he's also genuinely happy because he knew he didn't get the real character. Now he's like, Oh, maybe I have a chance to play the real character, but they'll still have to acknowledge bad Pa Kent and his bad advice. They'll still have to acknowledge all the shit choices that the Snyderverse had. I know. That's what I don't like. It's They're like, still going to have to acknowledge an Aquaman who goes, Oh yeah! My man! I'm Aquaman! What up? Yeah, and I like, like Jason Momoa. It's just like, I'm like, yeah. Wouldn't he be better mind. as Lobo? I mean, it's basically what he's doing. Oh right? shit, he would be awesome as Lobo, to tell you the truth. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I, <sighs> I Aquaman was one of those upper tier ones where I enjoyed it. I knew that it wasn't as good as a Marvel movie, but it was fun. It was brightly colored. Atlantis looked pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But I was still like going, eh. <laughs> the best yeah. DCEU movies have been still a little worse or I guess more stupid. <laughs> I always say stupid. It's just like the thing about was- Marvel is even when it's their lesser product, it is done with a certain intelligence and their characters come off just better thought out. The world comes out seemingly better thought out than mm-hmm. anything that the DCEU has done. And probably that has to do with one guy sitting on top. He's not actually going through with a red pen, but it's a guy at the top who's like going, ooh, that that sounds a little goofy to my ear. Can we do this? And then also giving them enough freedom, I guess, to do what they want to do. Yeah, James Gunn I, in control worries me a little bit just because it's like when they, in other words, he is a brilliant guy, but he does a thing. He does a thing very well. And I sit there going, he's not your mainstream guy. He's your fringe guy. I loved the Suicide Squad. But that guy being in charge of or overseeing a Wonder Woman movie or, a, you know, anybody, I'm just like, eh. Mm-hmm. Will will it have dumb jokes in it? Will there be something oddly? Will there be lots of needle drops like they tried in Black Adam, where it's like, oh yeah, put paint it black in here? I'm like, I get your impulse. I don't think that's working. Yeah, I don't think yeah. these little songs are working. Yeah, and I, I, uh... <laughs> we're we're trying to predict. That's the thing is we're sitting there going, let's look into the future. Where's your crystal ball, Chad? Tell me, will the DCEU yeah. movies be any good? <laughs> there's so much i'm I'm rolling over you're a uh, mauler i mean the question is like how i'm pretty it depends on how good he is at fostering other people's talent like because it strikes me that kevin feige is kind of like not only a really good producer but he i'm just imagining him i don't know what his work but i'm just 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 gauging from his personality that I, that I've, what, a, you know, what I've seen of his personality that he strikes me a little bit as of like a really gentle, like uh sort of writing coach or, or like a the creative writing uh, teacher who's like trying to get the best out of the people who are around him while also trying to keep it 
on track at the same well, time. Well, like any any good manager, uh, which is kind of what he is, um, I'm sure he inspires and quality control is a big part of it. But it's also just having the really good eye for who's the right person. It's like he finds the right people. And so, but unfortunately, I think sometimes, you know, in that kind of position, Feige, as brilliant as he is, he still fell out with, you know, um, Edgar Wright over Ant-Man um, after Edgar Wright, who had a deep passion for that project and had already developed it so much and they still could not come to terms. And, you know, so in other words, it's not been a perfect system that he has, uh, but generally speaking, he finds brilliantly individualistic directors who are willing to bring their own feel under the Marvel umbrella. And some people do balk at that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I think Edgar Wright was kind of probably one of the, I'm going to do an Edgar Wright movie. And he's like, it still needs to be an MCU movie. Everything has to fit in. And he's like, uh, I do think at least recently, Kevin Feige is maybe given a little bit too much freedom to one particular director. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Taika Waititi, I think I love what he had done with uh, what was the one that came before uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok, I thought that was great, and it was a really, really great balance of humor and drama. Um, but Love and Thunder uh, just seemed to go a little off the deep end there, and Taika can do that. He he does sometimes go off the deep end. It's like shh, bring it down. Bring I it down. I love him dearly, and that's a another bone of contention between John and I. Uh, uh, and that is, um, I actually had problems with Ragnarok. Oh yeah, and I I liked it a lot. I mean, I did like it a lot. It's just that I kept thinking for the storylines you were including in the in this one movie, you're including the destruction of Asgard the death of Odin Ragnarok. I'm like, these are major Mm -hmm. plots. And, and I'm not saying they can't be, there can't be humor in it, but I'm like, and you're also including the Hulk and you've got all this other stuff. I'm like, um, a little bit of humor as we've seen in most of the Marvel movies goes a long way. And some lean towards it. Like obviously the Ant-Man franchise has been one of the lighter ones, a little bit more humorous guardians is, but guardians has a lot of heart too, as, Ant-Man, they, none of them are like straight, just like yak fest. But yeah. I thought, wow, if Thor, if you want to do a funny Thor movie, and there's plenty of material you can certainly go to for that, um, if you're, or just come up with something original, but probably not the one where this immortal being who is the king of all the gods dies and their world is destroyed by Thanos. I'm like, you know, or, you know, by hell. And then Thanos shows up and. Mm-hmm. We see how that plays out. So the tone is his problem in the in the MCU, Taika. But still, I mean, there's some brilliant stuff. Yeah. And, I just and like- Love and Thunder, I liked a lot of it. And I thought they handled the Jane Foster plotline sensitively and very well. But again, you're putting that, which is an awesome storyline. Her being Thor while she's dying as a mortal. That's a heavy storyline. And it deserves not to be surrounded by goofiness. Mm-hmm. And when you have something in that movie like the Pantheon of, or like where all the gods meet, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's great. You're going to dive into the mythology. And I'm like, yeah. And then we get Wacky Zeus, and we have like the god of, of what is it? 
steamed buns or whatever the hell it was. It was like, I'm like, okay, so we're just taking the piss. There's nothing. It's like making the cosmic side of the MCU all jokey. Yeah. And I'm like, but in that same movie, they, they present eternity and eternity is, is actually a big Marvel character. And they didn't yoke. uh, They didn't make that one funny. So I'm like, pick a lane, dude. Yeah. Yeah. A there little was some bit gorgeous of comedy. Stuff. There was that, gorgeous that, stuff. And when Christian they up Bale little, is amazing. Yeah. Um, that little planet, I forget what, it, what that, that place was called, that, that where the final battle occurs. Yeah. Or one of the, one of the final battles where it's, it's in black and white and they're on this yeah. tiny little yeah. planet like, like Little Prince. Uh, that was gorgeous. That was absolutely and, gorgeous. And some of the shots. I mean, Taika is a really good filmmaker. Um, yeah. But yeah, like – like the shot, which I think is in the trailer too, of just Gore dragging like that sword behind him on that little world, and it's just digging a groove in the sand and stuff. And the way it's just framed from behind, I'm like, there's shots in that. And when they meet Eternity, I'm like, wow, what if the same kind of more serious tone? But at the end of it, Thor has an adopted daughter who's played by Hemsworth's own daughter, and she's adorable. And I'm like, Am I supposed to be? Yeah. And I'm like, am I supposed to be upset at this? No, this is adorable. Thor as an adoptive father, like Odin had been an adopted father. I love that idea. I Mm -hmm. just, it is just wacky. And I think that's where we will leave Thor. We probably won't get another Thor movie. It's probably just going to be Hemsworth showing up in a couple of Avengers things and saying hello and cameos. Okay. Um, Because I think, I don't think they'll be doing another Thor centric film. Yeah. You realize he's got the, at this point, he has now more of the single character films in the MCU than even Iron Man. No, I didn't think about that. And Captain America. And it's like, wow, Thor now is the most successful of the single characters. Mm -hmm. And Hemsworth's good at comedy. He is good. Maybe that's why they kept bending that way. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. He's very funny. It kind of strikes me like they, you know, because they went in that direction with, with, uh, with Ragnarok and like, oh, you yeah. like that? Here we yeah, go. Yeah, a lot that's, more comes for that's, that's, that's like, you like that? Huh? Because Taika, as, as much as I love Taika, I think he's brilliant. He's fucking hilarious sometimes. Most of the time he's fucking hilarious. And he, he did, like, for example, one of my favorite things he did is that that first episode of Mandalorian that he directed, which I think was oh, yeah. the finale. Was, was it the finale that he directed of the first season? I uh, think it wasn't. He, two, yeah, I think he did the, the finale. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe I'm trying to think if there's another episode before that, but uh, that scene where the the two troopers have Grogu mm-hmm. in, a, in a bag mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and they go into this silly conversation, I was like, no other director could have pulled that off. That you know that well plus, that would have pissed me off if it was done by great, somebody who didn't know what they're yeah, he, yeah. A couple of great comedians to play that. It's like that's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he he wielded that type of humor very well, and then the rest of the episode was impeccably directed it was so good and he didn't go off the deep end with the humor in that episode it was just that one scene <laughs> but, he, i mean it it's um i, th- I don't think know. i think that occasionally um uh i mean even like kevin feige can sit there and say oh fans are responding to that let's let's go there and sometimes that is bending what you I guess the integrity of a storyline or a character. Bye, Chad. What was that? <clears throat> so I, I hit the wrong mute button. <laughs> I was like, for a second, I was like going, and he's gone. <laughs> I thought we were back in that world where you just kept disappearing on me. Right. So. No, that's all right. So uh, that is the, um, 
that's the whole the whole thing is that I think it's not a foolproof construction, but what Marvel's done is so impressive. And right now, people might whine about, oh, so many superhero movies. Ah. I'm like, do you realize that what Marvel's done, specifically Marvel, I'm not saying all the other folks who are doing superhero movies, some of which I thought were great, but essentially, they're going to write books about it. It's just never been done before. Uh, you know, the the longest running film series would probably be Bond. And mm-hmm. Bond does not have an interior continuity. They change Bonds out and they start over and and Craig's Bond actually died, but we're going to get a new Bond in a few years. It's like it it's not the same thing. What Marvel's done has never been done. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, really fascinating. It's like the interconnected tissue of an entire multi-decade film series. Mind blowing to me. Yeah. But then again, I'm a comics nerd. So for me, it's like going, you finally movies for me. <laughs> I know what well, they're talking about because I saw a movie eight years ago where they mentioned that. Hey, <laughs> uh, it is. Yeah. It is awesome for me to sit there going, oh, that paid off. They set up a thing and it paid off. Have you yeah. seen the quantum mania trailer, my friend? Oh, dude. Yes. I cannot wait for that. And that the it was beautiful. I just love the whole idea of, of of the whole plot and everything. But the the use of of uh, Yellow Brick Road in that trailer. I need you to get out of my head, Chad. I need oh you to get God. out of my head. It, because- it almost I didn't tear up, but it it's it's it was that it was that perfect of a use of a song. It was like yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same people they had cut the trailer for Wakanda Forever, but their trailer game has crazy stepped up because yeah. the Wakanda forever trailer was a masterpiece of a trailer. It actually had emotional weight to it. Yes. Of course, Chadwick Boseman's passing. And so they're ad- addressing that right off the bat, but their music choice for that, the way mm-hmm. it all tied together mm-hmm. and introducing mm-hmm. Namor and all this stuff. I'm like, Jesus, what a great trailer. And then wait a couple of months and then quantum mania. And you're like, Good Lord. Mm-hmm. And and they're giving you a little bit of right at the beginning. It's so smart. Giving you a little bit of what you're expecting from a Paul Rudd Ant-Man film. It's like starts off a little bit goofy, of course. There's the goofiness. And then they're like, oh, no, motherfuckers. It's We're in good. the quantum realm. Here's yeah. Kang, the motherfucking conqueror. And yes, I'm using language that I wouldn't normally use outside of public transportation. But they bring in fucking Kang, the motherfucking conqueror. And it has that shift where you're like, oh, and we realize that in an Ant-Man movie, they are launching the next big phase. I mean, Kang is the guy for the next whole run of movies. So this is your new Thanos. And Jonathan Majors, I love this dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch Lovecraft Country, by the way, on HBO? I watched a lot of the first season. Well, there is only one season. They they did not bring it back, which is a shame. yeah, I'm not a big horror fan, so ah. some of the episodes that went really oh, yeah. deep, I was like, <laughs> but there there was a few of them. I, I the ones I watched, I thought were great. Like that that episode where they they discover that that tomb or that that labyrinth yes. that's beneath the house, yes. and it's like an Indiana Jones movie. Yes. Like 
I love that. That was so yeah, it good. Was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every episode of that show would take you somewhere else. And it was pretty fascinating. I loved, of course, the sort of thing where the young girl has been drawing a comic. It's actually she didn't know she was drawing a comic about her own mother's adventures in the multiverse, like the, where her, the the space he- heroine she had created was actually what her mom becomes in by going through this dimensional portal. It's like. Uh, it was a great show, and I'm sorry he didn't come back. But Jonathan Majors, I was like, you're great. And then so I seeing him in Loki, I'm like, this is awesome. He's kind of goofy, just like Loki. But then there's this edge to him. And the whole thing, he's like going, yeah, I mean, go ahead and kill me if that's what you need to do. Uh, he goes, but all of my all of my alternates, all of my multiversal alternates, they're much worse than me. Mm-hmm. So you kill me. I'm the only one standing between you and them is like, that's on you. And so they make that choice. And you're like, and at that point it starts. Loki starts the whole thing. Now it's going to Ant-Man. Oh, and you heard about the line that they don't have in the trailer, but that they saw at uh, Comic-Con, right? No. What's that? At the end of the trailer, when he's like going, um, I can do all this, give you more time. And it's like, but I'm going to need you to do something for me and all that. He's making a deal with Ant-Man. Uh, and he goes, what do you say? Yeah, man. But they at the Comic-Con, which they saw more footage uh, when Paul Rudd is Ant-Man and there's, uh he's like, who are you? He's like, Ant-Man. He goes, I don't remember. Did I kill you before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, right. whoa, God yeah. damn it. That's a Kang line. Mm-hmm. I love that Ant-Man, the guy that no one even really remembers or cares about is going to be the dude is kind of like, oh, shit. I'm at the forefront and we get Cassie in a, her teenage state. So she's going to be stature. They're starting the young Avengers already. Yeah. Yeah. Falcon yeah, and winter they... soldier. They introduced mm-hmm. uh, Isaiah from truth. And, and it's like, we're going to get, uh, well, possibly Patriot if they keep his name, but it'd be like, they will have him and they've got, they've got Kate Bishop over at Hawkeye. Oh man. But I mean, they are laying the groundwork for all this stuff, which is just so freaking impressive. Yeah, I loved it. And you're, to your point, it is a beautiful trailer. They just cut these things so smartly. And the use of that song and the way it's just dropped in really eerily and they've remixed it to its sort of slowed out and they just do a a verse. And then there's some more dialogue. And then there's another verse. I'm like, that song was not written with this in mind, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, yeah, I can imagine Bernie Taupin sometime in like 1973. So they're going like, I imagine yeah. like if a guy could shrink down into an ant. Elton, are you with me on this? Like a little ant guy, you know, like from the comics. Like, <laughs> like, and then we show his daughter and it's like, should have listened to my old man. I like that. I'm writing that yeah, down. Yeah. I mean, like they I'm just pretty sure they weren't so. thinking of a uh, greatest American hero when they wrote rocket man either. <laughs> no. Which, by the way, is another great use of an Elton John song in the yeah, first it's episode. Yeah, very true. That was when he – that first episode, which always sticks in my head, is where he fi- kind of finally gets the f- they hang a flying a little bit, and he could- takes a moment to go, damn, this is amazing, you know? You know that's the reason it took that series so long to be released was music rights. Oh, really? Just, just like WKRP in Cincinnati, the series was not available – to stream obviously or, or DVDs or any of that stuff for so long because they were real willy nilly back then. They would sign a rights contract just for, for broadcast. So they had real songs 
Uh, and then they're like, uh-oh. When they try to put them on DVD, they no longer have the rights to those songs, and they have to replace them with like oh, sound-alikes okay. or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Rocket Man was like, they had the rights for that episode, and now they have to have like a sound-alike, or they have to pay some huge amounts to get that same song in there. Which, when you yeah. watch the Grace American Hero uh, DVD box set, or Blu-ray, whatever, um, you hear the replacement songs, and you're like, oh... Mm. I've been watching. I watched rewatched WKRP a couple of years ago because it was on the streaming service and it was a pandemic. Still holds up. Still very funny. But they'd be like, "That was BTO with blah blah blah," and you're like, "Going no, they found some you know garage band to do something that sounded vaguely 1970s, and that's what they put in there now." Okay, I totally I get it. I, I know that those those uh, it's it's oh, not yeah, easy it's, to get the rights to an actual. Recording. Same with SCTV, because SCTV in the early days would have musical guests, and then they didn't even have the rights to the musical guest appearances. You're like, oh, are you kidding me? Tommy Two-Tone is going to raise up a stink because he appeared on an episode of SCTV? The guy who did, Jimmy, I got your number. I need to make you mine. And he's sitting there going, no, you can't have it. Sorry, you can't have it. You got, you're going to pay. You're going to pay yeah. SCTV. Anyway, so Quantumania is, uh, I'm very much looking forward to. First up, though, is Wakanda Forever in just a couple weeks. Cannot wait. Yeah, and Black Adam is okay, but I'm not yeah, really. Guess... What's the next big DCEU? Is it Shazam? Fury uh, of the Gods? That's a good question. I don't know. I guess if Flash isn't due, <laughs> they keep Flash pushing it. may back never probably. arrive. It yeah. just depends. But it wasn't that's due crazy. out until next year sometime, right? Is that what they're. Was that? Yeah, that will be next year. It's not coming out. It's not coming yeah. out this year. We were going to have. I think we were going to have Batgirl before the end of this year, but we are not having Batgirl ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Um, Dear Mister Zaslav, who owns Warner Brothers now, please stop throwing away movies. Maybe that <laughs> movie wouldn't have been amazing, but someone probably would have liked it. I might have yeah. liked it. I don't even know. I'm always willing to give it a chance. Batgirl, come on. What's your problem? Yeah, tax right I, off. I hope that because I know that, that, that Dwayne Johnson getting back to the Black Adam movie that mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, next movie Superman versus Black Adam. Like, I really have no interest in seeing that now. But well, one of my big complaints with this 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 movie is that the mindless uh, action, which really, oh god, the way that the way that uh, Black Adam was basically completely invincible. You, there's nothing you could do to him except except for the Eternium. Eternium, that's right. And uh, like that first scene where he first reappears and there's the, the whole army of guys running at him and none of them, they just keep shooting at him and it's clearly not doing anything. Like, like, well, like you badly programmed the same- NPCs. <laughs> You know, like, yes. Oh, yeah. At some very point, much so. they're going to turn and run away, but they never well, do. You they can like, say Damn. the same thing for every Superman movie. Why does or or TV show? Why does anyone bother with a gun? Yeah. Yeah. Why does anyone? I mean, I, I guess if it's all you have, if you're like some mugger and all you have is a gun, Superman shows up, and instead of just like putting it down and going, "All right, let's go," uh, yeah. they're just like, "No, my response is to go bang, bang, bang." Maybe I'm the one guy who'll send a normal bullet through ba- through Superman. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, well, at least in most of those scenes in those movies, you have they'll, they'll try and they're like, "Oh fuck," you know, sure. and, and they they realize it's pointless, and then they get their ass kicked or whatever. They, they go, run away. The hype is real, and they run away. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit, he really is bulletproof. I thought that was just bullshit. 
so like with Superman in, in Blank Adam, I was like, great, now we're going to get another movie of them. Bam, 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 bam well, for two what's, hours. What's kind of <laughs> – well, actually, you know what I did love about that button was not just the spit curl, not just the color, but mm-hmm. Cavill shows up and he goes, we need to talk. And I'm like, I know that's not a huge thing. But I'm like, Superman is not coming to beat the guy's ass. He goes, let's talk. And I'm like, oh, I know that's a little bit, but that's the right thing. The character would be like, hey, let's just hash this out first. Mm-hmm. I, Superman is not looking to punch people in the face. It's like, do we have to do this? Okay, here we yeah. go. Here we yeah. go. Here we yeah, go yeah. with the punching. Here we go. But um, so- yeah, you've got Dwayne Johnson in the press going like, I'm going to give the fans what they've always wanted. And that's Superman versus Black Adam. And I, I, I'm in the back raising my hand and going, uh, hello, uh, hello, Brendan Jones, uh, independent news service. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I don't want that. Uh, what I've always wanted was uh, Shazam, uh, a.k.a. Captain Marvel versus Black Adam. Because that's his villain. Superman's got plenty of his own. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, yeah. And then they asked me to leave. But... Uh, <laughs> What I actually said to John was, I would not be surprised if the next, probably not the next Superman movie, but the third Shazam movie, and I, I really prefer to call him Captain Marvel. His name is not Shazam. Anyway, uh, but the third one will probably be what he's talking about. The third one will be Captain Marvel, Black Adam, and then I bet Superman also in there. Yeah, They're trying okay. to do that sort of like, we just got to keep building that universe and yeah. it's all going to be guest starring and this guy guest starring with this. And yeah. I would love to see Henry Cavill's Superman talking to Zach, uh, Eli's, uh, you know, Shazam. Cause I do think they cast that character very well, even though the movie hasn't been great. The last movie wasn't great. I'm a little less worried about, cause when I, when I saw black Adam, I was like, uh, Superman with black, with this guy. I don't know. But now that James Gunn, now that I know James Gunn coming is coming in there. There's you a better chance hope. now that, that the sequel may be better than the first movie. So, cause they've got some nice, the cast is nice and they've got some, you know, the setting is okay. Although it would have been nice if they had, you know, explained why everybody and, and conduct speaks English as their primary language. I know, which, which, you know, and he, why does he know how to speak English? Having just appeared. Let's say that's magic. Uh, they I have, mean, he's, he is a magic They could say that, character. but they didn't say anything about no, it. No, so. they didn't say anything about that. All they um, need is one little line of dialogue, people. Doesn't take it, much. It, it's true. I, and, man, you do sound like me. This is hilarious. It's like, it this is the kind of stuff. Much. Because when I bring up some of my nitpicks and John's like, going, well, how much do you expect them to put in the movie of this or that? Am I going? Because I did bring that up about two things. I brought it up about Dr. Fate's. Uh, wife. He does have a wedding ring on in the movie, which is probably just Pierce Brosnan's actual wedding ring. But <laughs> Enza is Dr. Fate's wife and has been for all eternity and that kind of thing. I was like, come on, mention the wives like Shara. Uh, I knew we weren't going to get Hawkwoman in the movie, but just mention her. She's she's running things back at the Carter Hall Institute or wherever the fuck that thing, which is crazy. When they showed Hawkman's estate and they go St. Roche, Louisiana, I was like, um, that estate is bigger than any city in Louisiana. <laughs> Just the estate. <laughs> I was like, yeah. why are they trying to make him into Professor X? Or like the the anyway. But um, but yeah. and so John's like, how much you expect him to put in there? And I said the same thing. I was like, going, it's a line of dialogue, man. 
It's one little line of dialogue. And all it does is fill out a backstory that we don't need all the details, but we now know, oh, they're happily married or they're the duh. You just give that. And the fans who know are like, ah, nice, nice. Yeah. Like I knew we wouldn't be going to Dr. Fate's tower, which is in Salem, Massachusetts, which has no doors and no windows. It's this mystical tower in Salem. I'm like going, I knew we wouldn't see it. I was like, yeah. I was kind of hoping we would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm such a fucking nerd. When he used his powers, they, uh, the reviewers that are saying he's just a knockoff Dr. Strange. I know the character better to know he's decades older. He came first. Yeah, He came first. Uh, and, but when I see, I see their point because visually what the effects people did with his powers looked exactly like what they have Dr. Strange doing. A lot of crystalline, uh, glass looking effects and mirror looking effects. I'm like, oh, that's exactly like Dr. Strange. And the shapes that his energy took were all those little pyramids. And I leaned over to John and said, why, why isn't it an onk? Why isn't that the shape? Because in the comics, when his magic is done, it's always the shape of an onk. And I'm like going, dudes, am I the only person who's read these books? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, a nerd. I apologize to all my family and my ancestors. I'm just imagining like my great, 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 you know, whatever grandparents sitting there going, that's your genes. That's not mine. I don't know where. <laughs> Look what we turned out. That thing. <laughs> That dude is whining about Hawk Woman right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what else you want to chat about today, Chad? What I else you want maybe, to chat about today? Uh, why don't we touch on She-Hulk really quickly, and then we'll let's touch we'll, on it and how we'll good it was. It yeah, did you dig it? I did. I thought the I, I only had a little problem with the end, even though I know what to expect from She-Hulk. Because she has often been a fourth wall breaker in the comics. Sure. I thought that last episode went took that too far. A little too far. Because when they do when they have the character basically saying, Oh, this won't work, I don't like this plot, and then basically talk to God or Kevin Bot. That was very mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically point out all the weaknesses in her own series that's we just spent nine episodes watching or whatever. I'm like that's not a good look. I know it's supposed to be funny, but it takes all weight out of what we've just yeah. watched. I was like, I kind of want a solid She-Hulk story where it's not just like, oh, let's just rewrite it at the last minute because I didn't like it. It's like, no, then is that your whole life now? Is just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted an actual, yeah, I wanted an actual She-Hulk story that had consequence and, and weight. And I yeah. didn't quite get that. I thought almost, she was amazing. Yeah. It seemed like it was going in that direction the first couple episodes. Like, this is cool. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't Tatiana mind it being Maslany's a sitcom. Amazing. That's not the, the problem. I didn't no. mind it being funny. A funny show set in the MCU, I'm down for. And I thought all of her her asides, which were fourth wall breaking to us, I thought they were clever and fun. And I was like, I knew that would happen. Just like the John Byrne run in the 80s where she would look out of the panel and go, I hope this is what you guys wanted in your comic. You know, that kind of thing. Or like, or her shaking her fist going, Byrne, don't you do this to me. Um, but those stories still actually had danger and all that kind of stuff. And this was right. so light. But yeah, it's it, it, after a certain point, I was like, so you, we're not going to have the story anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I and thought we they, were watching a story. And at no. the end of okay. it, to have like the the cute 
family barbecue. I mean, I loved having Charlie Cox back, and I yeah. do love a lighter. I mean, Daredevil can't just be the grimmest thing ever. So having Matt Murdock happy, enjoying himself, and hooking up with Mm-hmm. it's weird that he never did in the comics because it's a perfect match the two lawyers but um but i'm like oh that's a pairing i never thought of way to go so i enjoyed that and then you have bruce coming back with his son and you're like going are they just going to drop that major hulk storyline right there at the end of she hulk yeah, and that, go well yeah. they'll that'll be part of the, the hulk movie that's coming up yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the, it's yeah. That was a little frustrating. It was like obviously there's uh, more. Yeah, this it. is my son Scar, and you're like, oh, yeah. he's major character in the comics, and you're just gonna have him introduced in a backyard barbecue scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the decisions have been very strange, but which I and then with Ms. Marvel, I didn't mind this, but uh, uh, where they they just drop you know at the very end of the last episode. Oh, by the way, you're a mutant. All right, bye. Thanks for watching, y'all. <laughs> credits well but i think they're that being was very neat. crafty with their um i mean crafty they're not being crafty they know everyone's anticipating the them doing fantastic four for themselves and them doing x-men for themselves so everyone's anticipating how it's going to happen and i mm-hmm. like them sprinkling it in like we get professor x and dr strange i mean come on yeah I mean, yeah. other than the fact that they introduce all those multiversal characters and have them all killed off in like five minutes. <laughs> um, other than yeah. that, I was losing my shit in the movie theater. I'm like, oh, Professor X in the yellow chair. Mm-hmm. Oh, Reed Richards, get out of my life with that because it's too much. Captain Carter, more yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. have the Captain Carter action figure, by the way. Oh, good. Well, I mean, I, you know, uh, Captain America is my dude. Captain Carter as a what if, and not just like the literal cartoon what if that they created the character for, but as just an alternate reality thing. I love that idea. Peggy Carter's yeah. awesome. And her yeah. getting the super soldier serum. Yeah, yeah. And then having Haley Atwell in that suit and fighting. I'm like, yeah. Too yeah. bad that um, Wanda can destroy entire universes. It's a shame. <laughs> She never had a chance. So, what do you, what do you think the odds are? We're ping ponging around here that that oh, uh, that John Krasinski actually reprises the role again because the they people do going back said, no, to, that was just in Doctor you know, Doctor Strange. They, they keep saying that, and I uh, and that's I, I thought he did a fine job, but we only saw him for three minutes. Um, I think that's a great look for the character, and I know he's a good actor, so I'm all for it the fan reaction was so intensely insanely positive that they'd be stupid not to listen to that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. And yeah. then people are going, we'll cast his wife, Emily Blunt to be his wife, Susan storm. And then the nerd in me said, they're going, um, no offense. She's supposed to be younger than him. And, uh, <laughs> uh, if we are just meeting these characters and you want a franchise, you might want to start with younger versions of everybody. Yeah. Because otherwise, the second Fantastic Four movie, they'll all be sixty, and that's yeah. not good. That's not good. That would that would make a lot more sense. Yeah, just because we're reaching reaching the, uh, you know, the what you're saying the Marvel the Marvel universe is already pretty mature, and they they might want to start setting up for the next next phase. I I kind of if if they do recast, I'm sure that'll be the thinking. Not that they didn't like Krasinski, and not that right. he's probably actually sitting there going, 
come on guys come on you know you want come on you want you know you want this but they're like oh you you are almost 50 years old now and you don't start a franchise with people who are middle-aged um which is probably why you know daniel craig wrapped up after four or five bond movies going i'd like to see my grandchildren so please stop doing this to me (laughs) um you kind of have to movies aren't like comics comics come out every month so you can so slow down aging processes or never even address them because people just accept they're always young but when you have actors in roles you either recast them or you kill the character like they did with t'challa because chadwick boseman was so indelible they didn't feel that they could recast black panther so they just killed him off but in the case of professor x i mean it was great to see my man patrick stewart there for one last time but he's getting into his 80s he will not be the professor x when the x-men appear in in the mcu right um it'll have to either be i mean maybe they'll stick with mcavoy he's <laughs> like going anytime you need a young patrick stewart please call me um or they'll find somebody else but they always have to it won't be i mean hugh jackman's going to be wolverine and deadpool but that's a multiverse thing so he'll mm. be one last time wolverine and then look at the camera and go but you're not expecting me to be Wolverine when the X-Men show up, right? Okay. Okay. Just so yeah, you're, you're just so we're clear. <laughs> just so right. we're clear, because again, I'm an old man. So yeah. Fantastic Four, you know they don't want to do just one Fantastic Four movie. So they need to go younger. Yeah, I hope they do the same thing with X-Men too, uh, like yeah. you're saying. Uh, I, I mean, s- fresh slate. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone can respect and love what happened in the uh the fox x-men films and what's more they're canonical because it's a multiverse we already Mm -hmm. know that what happened over there did happen in its own universe just like toby's spider-man happened and so did andrew garfield's and you know i love the multiverse it gives you the infinite outs yeah but for the official mcu fantastic four start over start new and Mm -hmm. same with the x-men yeah Totally and I agree. will not be happy unless they start with the original team. I want Beast, Iceman, Angel, Cyclops, and Marvel Girl. And yes, it's 2022, but you will not call her Jean Grey. She will be called the Marvel Girl <laughs> with, with a mask. <laughs> the Beast will not have fur on big hands and big feet. If you want my dollar. Because that's how much movies are now, right, Chad? A dollar? Yeah. yeah. Last I checked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I am All looking right. forward to what they do. And this has been a fun chat as usual. Um, I yeah, feel man. nerdier. Um, I, I wish you too. well. What are you doing for Halloween? Uh, I've got shows? a couple of shows. Yeah, we're playing. Not on Halloween, but yeah, we've got two shows this weekend. Do you guys uh, have like spooky songs you do for the season? No, I mean, we, we don't, yeah, we don't really do special Halloween songs. And we do have a couple of Christmas songs that we do, but we'll stop you playing don't them do in July the mash? just to piss people off. You don't <laughs> no. do the monster mash? No. But it's a no. graveyard smash, Chad. <laughs> did, did you watch, do you watch the Red red Letter Media guys? The uh, No. The, the, I've heard of them. <laughs> I just I just want to say this one joke that we could we could All tie right. it up. They, they're they're famous for these long form uh, analyses of the Star Wars films and mm. done in a done in a very comedic way, but making very salient points. And they're and the the one for Revenge of the Sith, he, they're breaking down the scene in which which Anakin Skywalker 
becomes Darth Vader. Uh, no! Where he's dubbed Darth Vader by by Palpatine, and and the way he went, the, the, the guy, his name's uh, Mike Stuklasa, I think his name is the guy who who does all the narration and editing in that on that channel. And he says so anyway. So Anakin kneels before Monster Mash and pledges <laughs> pledges allegiance to the Graveyard Smash <laughs> because Palpatine looks like a monster all of a sudden. And it, it thought, that's so great, and he he just throws a line out. Just casually, and he moves on to the next thing, and I was like, "That was so cool." I still remember that it was like one of the best, their best lines that they came up with. Uh, on that well, you know, uh, you, you've got to have the right reference points, and if you're starting with, uh, you know, Boris Pickett's uh, Monster Mash, then you're doing all right. All right, Mister, uh, take care. Uh, wish me well uh, as I head out to deal with the ghosties, and um, yeah, yeah, we'll chat next week. All right. Thanks. Thanks y'all for watching. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Very sorry about all the dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs>